Hi guys, welcome to episode 10 of the fan page rampage. We are super drunk. <laughs> you are super okay, drunk. Okay, I am super drunk. Because you started on an empty stomach yeah. at, with jet lag. And uh, so here's the thing. So Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel and Aisha flew in last night and had a little bit of jet lag. But you guys missed one flight, but really it didn't impact you that much because it would have been the same thing anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then came out to the bar owned by Kiss here in Dallas. And uh, we had some drinks, but it wasn't crazy. We took you back to the hotel. You got to get out of sleep. But I feel like you woke up, ate a Texas waffle, and have been drinking ever since, and you haven't eaten anything. Basically, yes. Yeah. Yes. So I I am super drunk. It's what I meant. Yeah. Right? The point- I'm fine. Yeah. For now. By the end of this podcast, I'm drinking now. By the end of this podcast, I'm hoping to at least join you. So we got to the bar, and you said, I'll have an iced tea, and I said, I'll have a beer. So right. that was the point where... where yeah, that's the point where you knew things were going to go one way. Well, that's the point where we went down a fork in the road. Well, I had children with us <laughs> over at the uh, wakeboard park, and uh, was trying to remain... Leave that in, me. Hey, Jarrett, leave that in. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's good. It's good to have you in Texas, and this is your first time in the daycare. You're here in my studio. Yeah, there's so much cool stuff around. The point I'm trying to make, guys, is I'm Daniel Cotton from Twitter. <laughs> and, and this is the fan page round page, and I'm joined by Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup. Hello. Who you, who you're about to hear for the first time. Jarrett, say hello. Hello there. How's it going? Oh, you haven't introduced me yet. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... I, was, I just thought we were just doing this and having I fun. I was with. fucking with you. It's Man, fun. Daniel is hammered. I'm drunk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I'm drunk. Yeah. We're trying to uh, get Daniel's girlfriends over here. Uh, we're working on it. To hang out with us. but And he's been on his phone literally the entire time I've been in here. I love Twitter. You I may love, you may know me as Daniel Cotton from Twitter. I love so. Lamp. I love, I love that. What are we talking about first, Daniel? So, if there is anything to update us about Bowling for Soup, <laughs> you go with it. <laughs> All right. Today, as we're recording this right now, is our 25th birthday. Holy shit, I 25. I know. It's crazy. It's nutty. We did it. 25 flipping years of being in a band, which is, I mean, holy crap. You know? Yeah. So today's the today's the anniversary, today's the big day, but the weekend starts in a couple of days. You're gonna have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is gonna be every day a big bone of soup thing. So yeah. what's what's the deal? <laughs> Are we really doing this show or should we just stop? Because I love this. This is great. Well, also, I just got a text that live karaoke is going on uh, down the street. So should we go to live band karaoke or keep doing this show? Or should we just, like, fucking get through this show as quick as we can and then hit Lava Cantina? Let's, let's do the show. This Me drunk on the show is hilarious. So. Agreed. No, I totally <laughs> agree. Okay, what was the question? I'm sorry. So what's going on with Bowling for Soup? Oh, this week. <clears throat> so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, is yep. every day is going to be a big Bowling for Soup event. What's yeah. the deal? Oh, you know, dude, talk it's going to be crazy. So Thursday, uh, but this will have already happened. So hopefully um, all of these are successes. But Thursday, uh, Jarrett goes to the movies live. Me and the cast, my wife, Eric, 
Sean Austin um, talking about the movie The Last Dragon. Yeah, it's not a sleeper. I just yawned. Uh, talking about The Last Dragon and uh, with Ty Mac, the star of that. Then Friday, our big brothers, the Nixons. It's funny because I always talk about patent pending and Simba Plan being our little brothers. And we're sort of the, the little brothers of the Nixons. The Nixons will play and then Offended by Everything, which is a local band that is killing it right now. And then after that, Bowling for Soup Karaoke. And then um, Saturday, Bowling for Soup and Not Your Girlfriends. And then an after party. And then Sunday, sold out brunch. Bowling for Soup Acoustic with a Q&A. Big weekend, four days, you know? I mean, I, it's something that I would love to do every year. Uh, just because it, it, it's brought so many people together. It's been... It's so cool, even such as yourself, like flying into Dallas and like there's so many people here from the UK and from Spain and from Japan and like all over the world here, you know, for one reason, that's to celebrate our birthday. And I mean, it's uh, it's fucking cool. Yeah, it really is awesome. The community feeling everyone's so excited. I've, I've seen so many posts in the fan page today. Everyone's so excited about it being the 25th birthday, which to be honest, people have managed like and maintained to know themselves because i haven't seen a post yet from mulling soup so right so and to be fair i think you were doing that while i was drunk in the bar but wait what did i do no the but the the like a post about it being your 25th anniversary uh i have not i just did it for my personal page just now and i oh, haven't okay. done it yet from bowling for soup so okay well then everyone who's posted on the fan page yeah they have they're well, on a rampage they from Oh. See what I did there? See what you did there. Whenever I asked Daniel if he wanted to do this podcast with me, he <laughs> goes, I'll do it. But with one condition, it has to be called the BFS Fan Page Rampage. And I'm like, that's fine with me. I don't give a fuck. That's 100% not true. And It's 100% accurate. And if you, I bet I still have the text. And if you if you message me, I will tell you the origin story. No, I've definitely already told it on the podcast. All right. It was a spelling mistake by you. Okay. Um, What's next? <laughs> I like this, though. This is fun. I know. It's way better when I'm I just don't know how drunk to get you. You know what I mean? Like, Come on. You've seen me in England. Uh, the next thing to talk about is BFS in the news. Yep. Right? But we're not in the news right now except our 25th birthday. Well, there's been big stuff in the news because you've released a new single. That's right. Yeah, and... um. You know, it's funny. It's like I I used to have these – when I was a kid, I used to think about it all the time. I was like, man, if I could go back in time, I'd take this song from this band and this song from this band and this song from this band and this song, and I would just make my own album, you know, and just steal all that shit. Yeah. And then um, – because the thing is is that there are these, all of these songs in the world that are timeless that nobody's ever heard, you know? And not that this is one of them, but I – anyway, so – I decided we're going to do a cover a month for a year, starting in June. So I, I believe that I, I said that for the first time yeah. on the last our show, right? Yep, that's BFS. true. But we're also going to be doing a bunch of originals throughout that. So we're planning to release around 20 to 24 songs over the next 12 months, and everything would go straight to stream. So you will not pay for anything. It'll okay. just go out there, and that'll be fun. Um, But... In doing this first cover, I just have always thought this song should have been a massive hit. And it was a pretty big song for this band, The Suicide Machines. Um, They just hate it. They hate the album. 
they hate this song. And I just, I never really understood it. I mean, they're so silly in the video with the stuffed dog, and it just seems like they're having so much fun. But I guess punk rock sort of got away from them, and it got to be too silly, too uh, put on, too labely. You know, I believe they were on Hollywood Records or something. I can't remember, but. So we recorded the song. I made the video. And uh, so I did the video myself. Actually, I, I do want to give a shout out to Dave Pearson for adding the animation. And I sent it to Jason, the singer of Suicidal... No, sorry, not Suicidal Tendencies. That guy wouldn't care. <laughs> uh, the Suicide Machine. And he wrote back, he just goes, it's cute, let it fly. So I'm like, well, that's the fucking greatest, uh, you know, whatever. And, uh, and then I wrote him like two or three more other things and he didn't answer me. Oh, yeah. So I feel like he's just like, just hey, hey, Jarrett from Bowling for Soup, just go and do this and leave me alone. That's like me when you're drunk as you'll send like three texts and I'll be like, okay. That's not nice at all. <laughs> I don't do that to you. Sometimes you do that to me. No, I don't. Oh. I don't ignore you when you're drunk. No, I'm, no, no, no. I'm saying you text me three sure. times. Yeah, but you text me three times all the time. Okay, but I'm always drunk. Well, that's true. <laughs> Carry on. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited about the video. It's, it's nice to be able to pay tribute to Sherman, um, who was with us for so long on yep. the bus and at shows and so many people got to, he, he brought so many smiles to us as a band and to our fans. And he was, you know, I mean, Sherman came to us at a time when Chris was having a lot of shit going on in his life and he just needed something and he was very open about the idea of like having a dog and that dog would be on the bus and we talked about it and uh, I don't think he would mind me saying this uh and if he does then fuck him because this is the truth I just he's never gonna listen to this I go hey man I'm cool with us doing this and we'll even help out with the price of the dog and this and this um on a few conditions a he has to go to puppy school uh, secondly, he needs to be a color where he won't shed on us because we all wear black all the time. Uh, third, he can't eat people food. And fourth, um, he I believe it was that he's not allowed on the furniture in the bus. Oh, he had to crate train him. He had to crate train him. Uh, one of those things he did. <laughs> was, and, uh, as, you, as you were reading those out, I was like, 100% I've seen all those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the people food thing isn't fair because you saw him on his last tour mm. and his last tour it was like, "Hey, we he had a brain tumor and Chris um, you know, he doesn't like people feeding his dog." Uh, w for good reason. Don't just come on the goddamn bus and start giving the dog shit. Uh, same applies to every dog, to yeah, be fair. Yeah. Exactly. Just yeah. don't feed people's dogs. Yeah. And uh but his last hurrah was cheeseburgers and Cheetos, and he uh, he got to do Warp Tour, and he and then Wally came along, and Sherman stuck around for a little while. But it's nice to pay tribute to him, and all of our animals are all rescues, so we got them all in there in some capacity. And uh, yeah, man, I'm super stoked about this song. I think this song could do something great, and if nothing else, you know, promote you know adopting pets and um. You know, not being an asshole. It's always fun to promote that. 
Yeah. I think. I actually was just talking. I was just saying shit just to see if you were paying attention to me because you were on your phone the whole I time. I was reading the notes for the podcast. Don't, oh, okay. be, a, don't be a dick. You, okay, what's next? You know, when, when we're... Hey, I wrote that, by the way. Don't be a dick. In your fucking asshole. You're a nightmare. Um, can you do me like a Daniel's Open a Beer thing right now? Daniel's opening a beer. Very nice. First twist, too. I have to, like, dry them off. I hit James Stant up recently, and I was like, hey, man, I uh, I need a couple of music beds for the podcast. Uh, Jared goes to the movies because uh, Rich left the show, and uh, I have a new guy, and we've got a couple more bits or whatever, and he goes, I just got back this. I got the most English fucking response back ever, and I love you, James Stant, so much, but I just got back. Oh, well, I hope everything is good with the family. Everything's going great here. We've got one that's doing this, and this one's doing this, and whatever. And I'll try to get back to you in the next six to eight weeks, or whatever. Like, Because that motherfucker's busy. That guy's making Jurassic Park video games. I was just going to say that that, like, he was, he posted something about working with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. That's some real stuff. That <laughs> motherfucker's not fucking around anymore. It's not just, like, him running around making a video for my wiener anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole thing. He's like, what, Jared Reddick? That's bottom of the barrel. Ah, <laughs> bottom of the barrel. <laughs> so, I got buoyancy. Boy. That's a, a fat joke. Boy. Jesus Christ. Okay. Would you float? I'm not sure. I would for a while. Yeah, dude. Are you kidding oh, me? For a, oh, for a while. Until yeah, for you, a while I would. Until you couldn't be bothered. Right? Yeah, until I, could, was, until I couldn't be bothered. Let that me, means I'm tired of it. Wait. Let me let me England it. Until you can't be asked. Can't be asked. <laughs> no, it'd just be like, I, no, I'll, let me be American. I would float until I didn't. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much easier. You would... It's so much, yeah, and it cuts all of the shit. Minim- all of the guessworks out. Minimal words. So this day in history, right? Yeah. This, the 4th of June, which obviously is a big day. Yeah, Bowling for Soup, 25th anniversary today. 2010. Mm-hmm. Your, this is direct quote from your Facebook. Gary has rocked drums on Girls in America. This ain't my day. Guard my heart. And evil all over the world. All before dinner. Wow, so, what record was that? Oh, that fishing was for woos. fishing for woos, right? Yeah. yeah. And not all those songs made it, right? The only one that didn't is "Evil All Over the World," but it was yeah. on the B sides record that Got you released. It. Yeah. Um, yeah, fishing for woos was such an interesting record because we had gotten dropped in December of that year, and we thought we had hits. And we did actually. When I there, I just don't think that there's anybody that goes back and listens to the album "Sorry for Partying" and isn't like, Jesus Christ, yeah, this fucking record is insane because it was. I mean, and I and it it's 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 everything. It's the writing. It's the passion. It's like the diligence that I did, like going out and writing with these people. And this, band. I found Linus. Linus came. He helped me produce the record. Like. We had found it. It was happening. Our A&R person was so fucking badass, Teresa LaBarbera-White. Um, they brought Howie Abrams back in. Like, we were just, um, I had fucking punk rock icons guest on it, and the guys from Fastball and Perry Grip, and it was just should have been a thing. And then the president of our label got promoted, and Jive basically, if you weren't making them $10 million a year, you were gone. And... It's sad because we weren't costing them, but we were making them money, and it, it, we, we just never got a chance on that record. And it's sad because 
I really do feel like that record should have been our, you know, whatever the big Blink-182 record is. So, all of that said, uh, the one that hits me with that with that album and all of those songs are amazing, but there's so many that could have done amazing had mm-hmm. they been released as singles, had you had the opportunity. The, but the big thing that hits me emotionally is hearing that line, I can't wait to hear the remix on a really cool dance song. It's like, mm. had you had the press, the publicity, the mm-hmm. push behind you, yeah. you would have had a million remixes to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> and the know? funny thing about that song is we were so far ahead of because basically it was all of these other bands in our genre going out and doing these dance songs or whatever, and now a few of them are still on top of the world. Good for them. Um, what better way to make fun of them than just making a song like that but yeah, we got dropped in December before our single could actually be put out there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, right in the middle of your tour. You're still going in. <laughs> we were still doing radio stations, and they're like, yeah, we're so stoked to be playing this, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you're not going to be playing that very much longer. And, you know, just it, was, it so, was... So you were going out doing promo knowing that... We were done, yeah. So oh, wow. I, we were mid-tour. So we were mid-tour, and we knew that we had gotten dropped, and we were still going out and doing the appearances with all of these people that thought, oh, cool, well, the Jive Records rep's going to come here and fucking push this record on me, and I'm going to play it, and yada, yada. But, and we played along, but that didn't happen. So we, then we came home um, right around Christmas. And, uh, but that night, the night that we got dropped, I uh, I rented a hotel room. We were actually parked in a Walmart parking lot. I'll never forget this. It was a day off. And uh, I rented a hotel room, and I just said, uh, I need the band guys in here at such and such time, and uh, crew guys, please clear out, You know, which I never do. So everybody knew yeah. something was up. So I, if you know me, Daniel, obviously you know this because you work for me, um, I, I treat the crew like the band. So like – Everything is open to everybody, and we're all like, if 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 we have this, that's yours as much as it is mine. Um, this, that that rule, let me ensure you, relates to every inch of Jarrett's body, which we have all seen. Well, that's true. Yeah, and th- and that's why I'm trying to grow it so that there's more for you. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I took them into the hotel room and I said, guys, here's the deal: we got dropped. Uh, we did nine years on this label. You know, we had done uh, six years before it. And we can either fucking give up or we can just go do some shit. And we got home and uh, I took a couple of months to just kind of try to figure out, oh man, what the fuck am I going to do kind of thing while keeping them, you know, like, guys, it's going to be fine. And then I went in and I wrote that record in April and we recorded it in May. And um, I actually think Fishing for Woo stands up pretty well. I think it's a great record. I think the artwork is amazing. Like we put that shit together really, really quickly, and I think it's it's a hey. If you know the circumstances, plus turbulence is on there, and uh, there's just some great, great, great shit on there. And it's probably like the forgotten record of Bowling Pursuit. Let me ask you at that point when you knew you'd been dropped, did you have in your mind let's try and find another label, or did you know at that point? we don't need it anymore because it's the modern world and we, we're not going to use it. No, I um, I knew then. I knew instantly. I, I was just like, I think we can do this on our own. We did it on our own before. 
And this is before crowdfunding or anything like that because um, we had done, we did that record and then we still did the Christmas record, the One Big Happy record. Um, so crowdfunding really wasn't in my in my head yet. I just knew that we could just preach to those who liked our band. Yeah. And um, I felt good about it. And I still feel really good about that record. I think, to me, Fishing for Woos is like Warning. The Green Day Warning. I think yeah. when you go back and listen to Warning now, if you're like a big Green Day fan, and you're like, shit, I shouldn't have written that fucking record off, you, you're going to feel like a fucking asshole. Dude. And I think Fishing for Woos would do that same thing to Bowling for Soup fans who were with us before or after. That's so true. And what the kids are saying nowadays is that was slept on. Fishing for Woos was slept on, right? <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, that's yeah. and and that with the warning is a great comparison. The warning album because you read if you go and go back and read reviews of that album, yeah. it's like oh they've blown it forever. Then yeah. <laughs> you know they're never gonna come back. And then you look at Green Day now, and it's like yeah. man, if those reporters could have known, you know, if th- I bet they wish they knew. I bet they wish they stuck by them, and that's totally the same for soup i mean you're doing certainly in the uk don't know about the u.s but certainly in the uk you're doing better than ever before same in the u.s yeah bigger than ever yeah. before yeah. you know and well i mean if yeah. you if, if you'd had those people pushing fishing for woos mm-hmm. back then you know yeah. they wouldn't fishing have felt so woos, silly fishing for woos is about the time that the press did turn on us yeah. a little bit and i don't know i mean maybe it's okay i you know, at the time I was okay with it because I was like, eh, you know what, what they're saying isn't untrue. Like they're saying, hey, it's more of the same. Well, yeah, it is more of the same because that's what Bowling for Soup does. <laughs> you know, we're here to do this. This is what we do. And, but yeah, I mean, you know, it especially the UK press turned on us in such a way that was like, man, I don't really know that we deserved that. Like, um, Kerrang, for example, and I'm quoted as as saying this, so I'm not scared to fucking put this in the world because it's real, and you know my relationship with that organization is fine. But they called us one of the stupidest bands in the world for doing this photo shoot in my kitchen, and we're naked and we've got all this stuff, you know, on us. And <laughs> I think we're third to like Slipknot and Motley Crue, which is kind of a badge you'd wear, but also like it was a photo shoot for them. That they set up. They <laughs> paid a photographer to come to my house yeah. and shoot that fucking photo shoot, but yet we're the stupidest band. You know what I mean? So I, I, it just felt like there was about a two-year period where everybody would just take their shots when they could. But then when we came back from the break in 2013, 2014, and here we are, 2019, 25 years in, I honestly don't know how a press person says something bad about our band. I think, to be fair, you are one of the stupidest bands, and in 2019 that could be said, but it would just be a positive thing. Not That's a neg- correct. Not a no, negative I agree. Thing. I totally agree. However, you know, you've had your times when, you know, you mentioned Turbulence earlier, you do the ballads, and When We Die is a big one. The fan page want to hear about, the, the When We Die video, if you want to talk about that for uh, a little I'd while. love to talk about the, the video for that. So uh, this is one of my favorite stories of all time. The big thing with When We Die was I wanted to find someone 
to play my dad in the video. I had a great idea for the video. The treatment was in my head. Um, all of it, which you see on camera. So all of that was in my head. Everything is pretty much like right to exactly the way that I wrote it down. But I wanted, I wanted someone awesome to play my father. Like I really wanted something, somebody awesome. Yeah. So I, um, we but, I, but I assume you weren't available, so you had to find someone else. <laughs> I couldn't be my own dad. <laughs> so I was trying to get Ray Liotta, who played, um, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get Ray Liotta. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, from, uh, what the fuck is, uh, Good Goodfellas. Yeah, dude. And uh, he was actually down, but he wow. had this thing in Europe where he advertises this vodka over there where you guys live, and he had to be over there, so he couldn't do it. So there's a few more people that kind of came in, came out, or whatever. I'll never forget this as long as I live. This is a true story. We ended up getting Ed Begley Jr., who is, I mean, he's, you know him from movies or whatever. He's this sort of like tall, awkward guy with these big glasses. He played the drummer for Buddy Holly and the Crickets for like a minute in the thing, but and he was on a bunch of. But Ed Begley Jr. is like this guy who is now famous for doing this solar powered house and all this shit. So we had him, and it was it was happening, and that was it. So I was in Norwich. I was at the UEA, and or is the UAE? UEA. UEA. And I was about to get on the bus, and my phone rang. It's fucking late as shit. And uh, it's my manager, Swin, and he just goes, all right, here's what's up. He would have emailed you, but he doesn't believe in emails. He goes, here's what's up. What do you think about having the $6 million man as your dad? And I go, Lee Majors? Are you fucking kidding me? Let's do it. He goes, if you do Lee Majors, you're going to have to burn the Ed Begley Jr. bridge. And I go... Wait a minute. So you're saying I can have the fall guy, the $6 million man, fucking Lee Majors, for my dad in this video? And he's like, yeah. And I go, set the Ed Begley Jr. bridge on fire. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about that guy. Yeah, the fall guy's not the fall guy this time. Yeah, but the thing was is we had gotten him like through another connection. Um, oh, we were still on the label, actually. So it was somebody's dad's brother or whatever the fuck. But that guy could not have been more awesome. Um, now, a little bit of uh, a little trivia for you. If you'll notice in the When We Die video, the kid that walks out of the house that plays me in high school is also the kid that plays me in High School Never Ends. Oh, wow. I, so we, I've never noticed Yeah, that. so we went and got the same actor to play me or whatever, and he's, you know, Cats in the Cradle, Silver Spoon kind of thing, and... He goes off to be a band in a band. Now, uh, so we're doing this video, and that basically the video is us in this house playing this song while our my parents ignore the fact that I exist. And uh, <laughs> we're in between takes, and he just goes, uh, Lee Majors just looks at me, he goes, uh, "What's your name again?" I go, Jarrett. He goes, "Hey, Jarrett, could you sing a little softer in my ear when you're screaming in my ear?" And I go, "Well, Lee Majors, the Fall Guy." Uh, six million dollar man. Uh, I would, but if I try to do it quieter, it won't look real. So, uh, I'm just gonna see what I can do, right? So he thought right. that was the funniest shit ever. <laughs> so we take this break that day, and I'm walking down the street, and he just goes, "Jarrett," and he's in his trailer that we got him, 
And I go, yeah. He goes, what are you doing? I go, I was just walking over there to see what's going. He goes, why don't you just come hang out for a while? I hung out with fucking Lee Majors, right? Yeah. We had the best day. And then I really do feel like we connected and whatever. But so after we did that video, the next holiday was Easter Sunday. And Easter Sunday rolled around. And I got a message that just said, hey, Jarrett, it's your dad. I just wanted to say happy. We talk every single major holiday to this day still, me and Lee Majors. That major holiday is so funny because that's like a, a relative thing. Well, it's Easter and Christmas. We talk to one another, whatever. But the girl who played my wife was uh, was super hot. That was fun. And um, now another thing that you'll notice is is that we um, we always hint at other songs in our videos. Yeah. And so the alarm clock actually comes on playing a Bowling for Soup song before. We yeah. start that video. So. Now you bring that up. Is that something you can't do anymore because of the label situation? Because of your, all all of your historical songs are with the label? or Well, we could do it now. I mean, we always did them in succession. So uh, in Girl in the Bag, I was watching, she was watching the bitch song. Yeah. And then in, uh, what did we do, Punk Rock 101 was a Girl in the Bag, I was watching. I don't remember if we even hinted at that, but... We did that sort of as we went. They would always hint at the video before them. Yeah. Um, kind of just stopped doing it. Just I mean, you know, but I love that bit. I love, you know, Girl the Bad Guys want where she's watching the bit bit song video. Yeah. Um I think that's really funny and also it's mentioned on your Wikipedia page, which, you know, I mean who the fuck knows who put that there, but right. it's it's big enough a deal to be a section on the Wikipedia page to be mentioned, you know, so that we hint at our other videos yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, like it's like it's your thing. Sure. You know, so you know, is that are you at the point now where you could hint to the previous video because the previous video is also yours and you own we it? We could now, sure. Yeah. I mean like it'd be super easy to be able to do that. Um Hey bud, what? Yeah, what are y'all doing? Oh, okay. Have you talked to Casey? Yeah. You guys good? Yeah. Okay. You got a dry shirt? Oh, that shirt's dry? Do you have dry shorts? Yeah. Okay. All right. Love you guys. Okay. Um, hey, where's your bed? Oh, it's because she has a broken leg. That's just how she walks now for a while. She's supposed to stay off of it. Is her bed, like, not right out there? Yeah, thanks, bud. Here, yeah, that was a good idea. Let's just leave her, leave her in here. Thanks, bud. All right, y'all. I think Casey's about done, bud. Okay, love you. Hopefully the thing that people care about a lot is what are you listening to right now? What's the, the, the go-to song, the go-to album? Did I already do – oh, man, I'm going to tell you guys this. This – shit. I should get a beer, though, real quick before I tell you this. I think you should get a beer. I actually need to pee. Can we pee real quick? You can do what you want. Yeah, you edit this. It's my goddamn house. <laughs> Mark it. You edit it. So the big thing everyone wants to know is what are you listening to right now? What's so, your go-to song, album? Go. So we talked about the long shot last time, right? I mm -hmm. think. Guys. Yeah, the Green Day, Billy Joe Armstrong. We toured with this band a couple of times. And I 
I was so I'm so bad about just listening to shit. I really don't because I like podcasts and I like you know talk radio and stuff. Guys, the new Bad Cop Bad Cop album is so fucking good. If you like the Muffs or No Effects or the Dolly Rots, this is the album Bad Cop Bad Cop. I can't stop listening to it. It is so insanely good. Really been enjoying that. Um, and then, of course, I, you know me. I listen to my uh, my standards. The other thing that caught me off guard is I had a, uh, what do you call it when you sleep, sleeper album? Sleep, slept on? Slept oh, on. I had a, the, there's a band called The Main. I love The Main. They have an album that I slept on called Pioneer. And I feel like a dick. Because I went back and I listened to it, and I'm like, God damn it, why wasn't I listening to this the whole time? Yeah, I get it. Um, so those would be my two picks for now, but Bad Cop, Bad Cop, God damn, so good. So the fan page wants to hear about the lyrics behind Here's Your Freaking Song. What's the story? Man, what a, man, such great questions today. Um, here's the thing about Here's Your Freaking Song. Also, this is all fishing for woos. This is another fishing for woos thing. Yeah, coincidence though. Um, here's your freaking song. We uh we were in the studio. I was actually we had finished recording the record, and I was up in L.A. In fact, I was recording um next to Laura Jane from uh, Against Me, and uh, we had a we had a studio there in L.A. and Laura Grace, Laura Jane Grace, right? Yeah, I think yes, I that right. yeah, Laura yeah. Jane Grace. Yeah, so um, and she was recording some new against me shit, which was it was in, it's always insane when you're at a studio in L.A. and somebody that you give a shit about is next door, you know. Um, but I was really hungover, and that doesn't sound like you. Um, yeah, <laughs> and we were essentially waiting for them to get stuff set up and there was like a there was a problem in the studio like they they couldn't get the, oh, there was stuff out of phase or whatever and they're they're working and we were in the big room and we were there that day to finish no Oblo Inglés and it was just me and Linus so all of the basic tracks had been done here the day Michael Jackson died by the way and 25th of June 2009 there you go and so we were in um, finishing. No, no, no. That can't be Noble and Glass then, if it was two thousand nine. No, that was all right. Sorry, fighting was two thousand nine. It was. Uh, you released it. September two thousand. Oh, then here, what album was? Here's your freaking song on. Fishing for you. That was two thousand eleven. It came. Oh, you're right. Okay, sorry, I had those mixed up. So, um, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry, brain fart. So we were finishing No Obloing Glass, and uh, we we just needed more songs. So me and Linus, we wrote Here's Your Freaking Song in about five minutes. It was just one of those songs where and, – and the thing is is that all of those things that I do when I'm talking like, you said, baby, why don't you ever write all of that as ad lib? And Linus says that I'm the greatest in the world at the ad lib thing. So, like, no matter what it is, like, um, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Like, all of that is ad-lib. So, dude, the the podcast is called A Podcast You Can't Sweat Out. 
and I listened to it recently because they did an episode on The Hangover You Don't Deserve, and they talk about that, and they say, that's such a cheesy ending, but I'm like, this is people who don't know Bowling for Soup, because that's yeah, hilarious. You know what we're going to do, so tell me again about that podcast. So, there's a, there's a podcast where they review MySpace era albums, mm-hmm. and... One of the ones that they did is a hangover you don't deserve, and they listen track by track. They play like you know ten, fifteen seconds of the track, and then they they talk about it and they review the album gradually, bit by bit, and they talk to each other. Right, and they're you know they're friends. I've not listened to the other album. The other here's um, what I want to do. Yeah. I want to take that podcast if they picked apart my record. Yeah. I want to take our episode 11 of this podcast. I want to take their podcast. Yeah. And I want to listen to it of them picking apart my record. Okay. And then I want to pick apart their podcast. (laughs) What do you think? That's a great idea. Right? So that's episode 11. I say we do that. Yeah. So that's going to happen. So episode 11 will be us listening to this podcast that obviously it sounds awesome. Yep. They picked apart my shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so I'm going to pick apart their shit <laughs> about my shit. What do you think? It's it's Inception. It's brilliant. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, What else you got? So, you never even talked about Here's Your Freaking Tongue. And oh, no, I was, oh, no. But, so, you, got, but you got yourself mixed up. We because, got sidetracked. Okay, no, so, no, 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 wait, because you got mixed up with, with albums. Because, oh, I was saying that I, the, the, why don't you ever write me a song? And I was like, whatever. So all of that is ad lib. And so we did the demo that day. And then that would be released like two years later. And. Oh, so much wait, of the demo. Wait, uh, so so you wrote that during the Sorry for Partying wrote writing? Wrote it. So we had Sorry for Partying was done. We had gone back in to do No Obloing Glass. Okay. We wrote Here's Your Freaking Song while waiting on the studio to get set up. And wow. then Here's Your Freaking. We demoed it at, on their dime. And then uh, it came out on Vision for Women. So So in your spare time, you wrote that song. <laughs> Yeah, it, <laughs> well, that's pretty much the my world anyway. Like, I feel like that's always when that shit happens. But yes, that's true. I mean, um, yeah, it, it, and uh, we were really on a roll then with like, you want it, you got it. Here's your freaking song. It was so great. It just like it's it's a good thing. Are we recording. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay, good. Okay, go ahead. The main thing is, obviously, as always, the Q&A from the fan page. All right. And I would like to apologize in advance if I say your name wrong. I'm going to say this one a little bit slower because... He's hammered. Uh, well, I'm hammered. Or... You're doing a really good job hosting this fucking podcast, though, dude. No, the main the main thing is... Th- and, and genuine... No, the main is the band that I was talking about earlier. They had the album Pioneer. Right, so the, you mentioned them in that one song on the latest album. You say, watching the main and all-time low. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's Fucking true. Forgot about that. That's true. No, I. I what song is that? I wanna. Sp- uh, I don't know. It's one of the ones from the latest album. Okay, I you don't need to send that to me. I don't listen to you guys that much. Me either. So, no. Yeah. Uh, the Q and A from the fan page. I'm gonna take a little bit slower because I didn't have a chance to format this before I left. I was 
the night before we flew out to Texas, it was one o'clock in the morning, and I'm writing the notes for this this podcast, and my girlfriend's saying, should we go to bed? You're falling asleep on your laptop. And I'm like, no, I have to do this. So, you know, give me a break. You want it? You got it! Here's your friggin' song! Here's your Q&A. Let's go. Matthew Scharf asks, what made you a Steelers fan? So my dad uh, is from Pittsburgh. Uh, I grew up, you know, watching football like everybody else. I was born in 72. Uh, by the time I really cared about football, uh, the Steelers were amazing. They won like four Super Bowls. They wore black and gold. I played football for a team called the Raiders in Wichita Falls, and they also had black and gold. And it just became my team. So then I I loved the Steelers for a long time. Then I discovered music uh, at 13, and I just didn't care about sports anymore. I actually really liked the NBA for a long time. But, uh, you know, like my love for the Steelers was just this thing that sort of rested back there. And then um, the year that they went to the Super Bowl, Ben's first one with Seattle, uh, when he went against Seattle, whatever, I uh, I decided that year, like, I'm going to follow him this year. I'm going to see. And then uh, nonstop since then. And I uh, and Daniel can attest this. It's just Steeler shit all over my house. And I am a real fan. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Michael Price says, who would win this fight, James Bond or James Bourne, Jason Bourne? I I just did the thing that you always do. Yeah. Yeah. Man, James Bond or Jason Bourne? Nope. James Bond. James, Jason Bourne. James Bond, Jason Bourne. Yeah. I have to think, here's the thing, I love Jason Bourne. So much. Like, I just think that that dude is so badass or whatever. But I just don't know how you defeat James Bond because the thing about James Bond is he always has the people in his ear on his side. So there's all he has a team, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas Jason Bourne is going against the team. Yeah. You know, it's a thing. But I don't know, man. They're both really smart. Um, I don't know. If we go the law of averages, we've only had one Jason Bourne, and we've had a lot of different 007s. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. My pick is Jason Bourne. Matt Walker asks, did you ever consider anyone else except Rob? No. Or is he the go-to? Absolutely not. Um, so Rob had sat in for Gary – uh, two warp tours ago, Gary was Gary's wife is having a baby, and um, and it, it what the craziest thing about this story is is that I felt like I was in a situation where I could have anybody I wanted. Like I could have been like, hey, I could get Cyrus from Newfound Glory, or I could get this guy or whatever. Like you just pay them and they come and play drums and it's badass. And Gary actually had the foresight to go don't you want somebody to just come in and like be a part of the whole thing? And you know what? Maybe there was a bit of a struggle in his head of like, God, I don't want him to bring in some fucking session guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And maybe there wasn't, but it was Gary that said, Hey, have you even thought about Rob? And I was like, you know what? Rob would be fucking cool. I mean, he, I think it would be good. So he came in, he did that warp tour and 
he just made the tour better. He made the bus better. Um, it was just nice to have somebody there and excited and into it and uh, adding to things, you know, um, ideas and whatnot. So basically what you're saying is on the books you had Lars Ulrich until Gary said, hey, what if you just bring in your best friend? That's correct. We just didn't have enough room for all those drums. Yeah, we're what, playing. Yeah. Um, what a and then, um, so, you know, a lot of things happened over the course of the next year. We needed someone to come in and sit in the following Warp Tour. And this guy knew how to play the songs and really cared about things and came in and he did Warp Tour and then he did this next tour and he did the next tour and then he did the next tour. And it was just, uh, he was already, you know, the thing about Rob is is that he just fit. He just did. I mean, it just made sense the whole time. And though it's always hard to say goodbye to a band member, um, especially after 24 years, when someone comes in and adds so much positivity and so much drive and like and keeps us on our toes like guys let's change the set list up you know what i mean like we're, we're we've been playing the same songs for such and such amount of time yeah. let's change this shit up and that's uh, rob will just text and be like dude this is a fucking great song let's play this and i'm like okay jesus christ rob calm down okay but maybe you're right you know and um so really it's not like you replaced anyone it's like you lost something and you gained something and they are separate entities 100% yeah that's the thing that i think that everybody needs to know and i think this is really important and i think that um especially this fan page needs to know is that you know the six of us are great i mean lance is still i mean when lance and i are in a room it's like nothing ever no time has taken place ever. Like, I mean, we've been friends since we're four years old. Um, Eric and the rest of us are on a text thread all the time. Yep. He's telling us what he's doing. We're telling him what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. I mean. So a lot of jerking off and pooping. Right? There's a lot of shit talk. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that and, makes sense. And that stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, no, it, it, there's, we don't, our band doesn't have there's no bad blood and everybody's doing exactly what they need to be doing eric's happy lance is happy and rob's happy and now we're happy that rob's here and i i can i say that uh rob 100 his presence has uh lighted a fire under our asses 100 like his his just energy has really really i think catapulted bowling pursuit to where we need to be right now from my perspective i've been seeing both it's almost like <laughs> i don't want to insult rob here but it's almost like when there is a kid in the house there's a toddler in the house you're not used to having a kid so you go and visit someone they have their kid there you entertain the kid right yeah and, and you're suddenly a different person because you're oh my god you handed me a toy phone i'm gonna listen on the toy phone pretend i'm on the phone to someone that's like how how it is with Rob. Not that you're entertaining him, but that it's like having a kid on board. It's so exciting, you know. Yeah. He's so he's so energetic. Yeah. And you guys, off the back of that, are energetic. You yeah. Know, it, you bounce off him. We do. Yeah. yeah. And 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 here's the other thing about that that I think is very very important to note uh, for the guy who's I'm sorry who asked the question. 
That was Matt Walker. Matt, the other thing that is probably the biggest aspect of this question is how would he fit with the banter of the show? Like the timing and like yeah. being able to be there because that is not an easy job. I mean, no. like we've had really, really funny fucking people, improv comedians on stage with us that it just, it's not the same vibe. Whereas if you've seen Rob with the band yet, he's not just being Eric. He's, he's doing his thing. So it's interesting to watch Chris and I react to him yeah, and vice versa, you know? And so, um, I, it, there was just no other – we honestly, we I wouldn't have ever thought about anybody else. And that's a great point because there is a separate pressure from doing your job. His job is play the bass. Correct. There is a separate pressure from doing that to responding to the onstage banter. Yeah. When I've been on stage during the bar, there, there, was, there was one particular night where you threw over to me and I – that's not something I'm prepared for. And sure. There is that's that's a big pressure, and that happened once to me. But obviously, for Rob, that's going to happen. You know, four or five times during a show where you're going to throw over yeah. to him because he's a part of the band, and that's something to take on. That's a the thing better to you, learn. And the better that you do at it, the more I'm going to do that to yeah. you. You know what I mean? Or yeah. if you're being lazy that night and not talking, then I'm going to fucking just keep throwing it at you as well. Like, cause <laughs> I think that's funny. Like I, I, I think it's funny when somebody doesn't really have anything to say, but I keep like, like we're, me and Chris do this all the time. Just like Chris has it going. He'll just go, man, I'm hot. You know, I'm just like, okay, well, Hey, we'll check back in on a couple of songs, Yep. you know? And, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, Rob is the obvious choice. Again, I will never downplay 25 years in Lance's role, uh, Eric's role, 24 fucking years in this band. But I think going forth, Bowling for Soup, I, I just don't know that we've ever been more lethal, and I think people will see that on the road. Sam Sold says, I feel like I should have asked this before I got a name tattooed, but was Nona a real person? Uh, Nona was not a real person. Um, but that doesn't really matter. Nona is a representation of someone that's cooler than you are. You know, like if you were in high school and you knew this chick named Nona and she dressed better than you and she had this whole thing and all you wanted to do was get her attention... Like, her name couldn't be fucking Jennifer. You know what I mean? I mean, if it did, it wouldn't be interesting. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it, it, just the fact that her name is Nona, she and had, she's a rocker with a nose she ring. She had to have the punk name to go with the punk attitude. Don't you sort of feel like when people hear that song, they can picture her in in their head? Yeah, and maybe they associate that with the girl in the video, but the reality is it's not the girl in the video. It is it's, not. No. And in fact, the girl in the video... Uh, so this, I'm going to give you this. <laughs> what? I'm going to give you this. Yeah. You, you can take this one to the bank. We had filmed the video. Yeah. We had done the entire Girl the Bad Guys Want video. <laughs> and the label actually came back and said, we don't have the hot chick. Where's the hot chick? You know, what are we going to do about the hot chick? And they added her later. So all of that was shot. We weren't even there. So you never met her? No, never met her. Wow. Sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Same Z's. K 
Kate Knight asks the single most important question we've ever been asked on this podcast. What's your favorite kind of cheese? Um, man, that is so hard. I, I will say this. I am so boring. Uh, I love American cheese. And you guys have it over there. You just don't know that it's American cheese. You don't call it that. But it's the individually wrapped, like, uh, just yeah. processed as fuck. Yeah, just uh, Dairy Lee slices. Dairy Lee slices. God, they're so good. I love Velveeta. I just like this, the processed as shit cheese. Um, Now, we get a lot of real cheese over there when we're in the UK. And it's really good. But I just, they're just something about opening up one of those fucking slices of just bullshit. And it's fucking delicious, and I love it. Slices of bullshit is, yeah. man, that should be a single. Yep, let's take note of that. Pete McCaffrey asks a very topical question now. Why didn't Really Cool Dance Song ever get released as a single? I genuinely would love to dance to it in a club. It would have been huge. Well, you know, we went into that that record... Sorry for partying was done. It's it's so much like the rest of my shit because Sorry for partying was done and I genuinely thought that a really cool dance song could be a hit. I really did. I thought why not poke fun at what's on the radio. Um the label came back, they wanted a single. We didn't have a single. So I wrote uh, no hablo inglés. I came up with it one day. I'll never forget. I was in my bathroom, and I was like, I had always said that a song that would incorporate Spanish into it, and and I'd thought about it forever. And you remember, I did it in on and on about you. And yeah. I I was always like, man, we just if we, all we get it. So like, why not just give them the tagline or whatever. Uh, and so that's why I was recording that up there in L.A without the other dudes is because I'd written that and that was supposed to be the single. So the idea was to go um, No Hablo Inglés and then the second single would have been... I can't remember what it was supposed to be, but a really cool dance song was like a contender. But our our A&R person was going and playing these songs in the meeting and they just didn't know... Like, I listened to um, I Just Want to Be Loved and I'm like, God damn, that's a fucking great song. I mean, like... Jesus Christ, that's a good song. Yeah, that's that's full of things that I can understand how some people wouldn't get it, but it's full of things that are such good references. Yeah. Anyway, so I listen, I, I agree with you. I think um, a really cool dance song could have been a hit back then and should have been, and that's the reason. I, I wrote that song um, – over lunch with Linus, and I said, uh, I remember, I'll never forget this, we went to this sushi place, and we both got a bento box, and I said, okay, stick with me here, but I want to write a song that makes fun of bands that are doing these dance songs, and it's going to be called A Really Cool Dance Song, and he's just like, okay, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck you're talking about, and I'm like, it's literally a song making fun of it, but it's called a really cool dance song. Here's a dance song or whatever, and we went and wrote it that night. And I don't know what you think about that, but to me the most success that song has had is when you played it acoustic uh, because that's the funniest shit in the world. Yeah. Me and Eric played that on the live. Uh, yeah, if you guys haven't 
uh, live in the English church. Uh, we did that, and it, it went over really well. And that was Eric's idea, actually. Eric um, had we had we had been off for a while, and the acoustic stuff was coming up. And he goes, "Hey, man, I got this idea of doing punk rock 101 and a really cool dance song acoustic." And uh, but they both worked amazingly. Yeah, but those, that 100 percent his idea. Lucas Saparelli asks, "Do you see yourself playing shows forever, or do you have a deadline when suddenly it's going to stop?" Man, I if I had a deadline, I uh, it would already have happened. Um, you know, I remember being asked, you know, years and years ago, like, where do you see yourself in ten years or when you're forty? What are you going to be doing? And I would say. You know, it's not like I'm going to be 40 years old singing songs about high school and doing fart jokes for a living. And now <laughs> I'm fucking 47, and here I am. So, I, you know, I think the world is different, and I don't know. I mean, I guess the answer is as long as it's fun and I and I can do it and make a living at it. I don't know. Daniel told me today that I need to get a real job, so, I, you know, I've been thinking about that too. But. That's not true. It is true. That's what you said. You Did even I? fucking gave me an idea of what job I would get. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I told you what job you should get when you retire. I didn't tell you when you should retire. Oh, you retire. didn't say right now. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, I. you know what? what's funny about this? Who asked me this question? Uh, Lucas Saparoli. Lucas, the funniest thing about this question is this. I mean, I'm booked for the next two years. And then as I do those two years, I'm going to book two more. You know what I mean? Mm. And so I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to stop. Right now, my voice feels really good, and I think I've got a lot to say. I actually can play the guitar pretty well right now. So um, I guess when I start writing songs that don't connect anymore, I'll, I'll just stop. That's a funny idea because do you think – do you think you, you're able to immediately receive when a song connects? Yes. Yeah? In what way? Um, I Feedback-wise, what's funny about me is that I can't hear a hit. So I'll, I'll like, in all of our albums, and, in, and, dude, like, all of the songs being available for this critique, I always think there's better songs on records. Like, again, like we could go back to Drunken of the Dance, and I'll be like, dude, Cold Shower Tuesday is the fucking best song in that record. And Surf Colorado is fucking second, blah, blah, blah. I know a lot of people who agree with that as well. 100%. But the general public wouldn't, and obviously that's fucking why the, pe the powers that be were like, nope, we're going to do Girl the Bad Guys Want, then you're going to go back in the studio, you're going to do Punk Rock 101, and then we're going to do this stupid cover and blah, blah, blah. Um, But you know what? If, if they're not going to give you a chance, you... What do you? Uh, fuck! It's it, that business sucked because you would. I would just be like, man, guys, if you would really, really try, it's fine. If you would really, really try on Trucker Hat, it's a fucking hit, man. It really, really is. I promise it is. You know, and but you know, I had three hits on that record, four hits on that record, anyway. So, what are you gonna do? Josh Widowfield says, 
I don't like this, but he says, have you any psycho fan stories? I don't like that. Do you have any what? Psycho fan stories. Let's talk about, have you anything unusual, anything that stands out in your head about a fan? Yeah, I mean, I we've had a few things here and there where, um, you know, things have gotten weird. I mean, the internet makes things weird because sometimes you respond to something and someone else might think that you're responding to them. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, uh, yes, the answer is yes. Uh, I think giving examples be kind of bad because there's a couple of them that were a little bit dangerous and uh, a couple of times police have been involved and shit and, uh, you know, but, but the answer to your question is yes. And, and, and that's why you, you know, it's weird because you protect your children. You, you don't put your children on the internet, but your children are on the internet and it's just the whole thing. So. It's a weird world we live in. That's the truth. I do appreciate the question. If you ever ask me individually, I'd be happy to tell you some shit. But I'm afraid if I say it right now that somebody's going to get re-mad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to associate the word psycho. Um, I know one of the craziest fan experiences you've described is the time when you made some kind of Billy Madison joke and, and two girls peed their pants. Yeah, so that one was Warp Tour 2004. Three or four, and uh, I was like, "Anybody who's cool is peeing their pants." And then Eric was like, "If peeing your pants is cool, call me Miles Davis." <laughs> call me Miles Davis is one of the greatest film lines in the world. Yeah, and uh, these girls came up to the tent and they're just laughing, and they're and we're like, "Can we do anything?" They're just <laughs> whatever, and they were peeing their fucking pants, but they were wearing jeans, so it was like. Girls, this is not good. I mean, like, you are the chafing. Yeah, you're going to have a terrible day. Yeah, not good. Yeah, no. Terrible. But they were cool because they peed their pants, so that makes the difference. Mm -hmm. Tiffany Mabry asks, you co-wrote a song with Taylor Hansen years ago. Will we ever get to hear it? Um, I don't think that that particular song will come out but taylor and i do talk a lot we've talked about doing a bunch of songs together um and there is a bowling for soup song that i think is tiffany is going to make you very very happy coming out very soon and i won't give you any more information but if you're a hansen fan and a bowling for soup fan uh let me just say this worlds are colliding and it should be awesome there he is punk rock Oh wow! Look at this guy. That's it. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna have to take a photo when we're done with this. Yeah. I love it. Are you super happy with it? It looks so cool, dude. Okay. Uh, Saxon Hutchman asks, "When are you next going to Weatherspoons?" Oh man, I'm. So I'm hoping I get to go there during Reading and Leeds. But I doubt it, because you guys know how I am. I'm going to get there, and we're going to go. We do have a day off, though, the first day we get there. So hopefully I'll go to Witherspoons that day. I will find you at Witherspoons that day. Yeah. Otherwise, we're not going. There's no way Redden and Leeds. There's so many cool things that happen with weather and, Le with, uh, weather and Leeds. <laughs> All right, I might be starting to get drunk now. Yeah, did you drink a beer today? Witherspoons. Uh, I have to get there quick, though. Let me... Super quick tell story about <laughs> Saxon Hutchman. She 
asked me outside the show once. She she was waiting for you guys to come out, but it was it was it, it, um you played when you played Reading, like the when you played a show in Reading. Yeah, and the internet was great in that venue, and it was a bit <laughs> it was a big dressing room. And everyone was just having a good time. We were drinking. And I, I had to go outside for something. There were a few people waiting outside to get signatures and things like that. And she's like, if you tell them that I'm named after a, a, a metal band, do you think they will come out? Oh, Saxon? Yeah. And I, and I go, why? Is your name Pantera? <laughs> Man, I remember that Reading show so very well because we were upstairs in that huge dressing room or whatever, but like you go downstairs and the tattoo parlor was there. And I was playing that acoustic show and there were these four just huge English dudes who were literally talked the entire time I was on stage. <laughs> but they were so stoked about me being there. So like, I... I it, it's such an interesting position to be in when you just want to fuck with somebody, but at the same time, like, they're fucking stoked that you're there. But, like, so I would start a song, they'd be incredibly stoked, and they would just be like, bah, 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 like, to each other the whole time. Oh, so they were doing an impression of you? Oh, it got me off my game <laughs> so bad. I feel like that is one of the worst acoustic shows I've ever played, and uh, I... I, and I let I just let it get in my head. That that be, was one of the ones where I was like, I I wish the lights were lower, where I couldn't see people, and I just should just be up here by myself, and that should be my game. The VIP was awkward that day. Everybody was, was so the, quiet. The, where we where we did it, and the place like yeah. we had to kind of funnel everyone into a really small space. It was it was kind of awkward. Uh, Robert Beeston wants to know Pepsi or Coke. Simple. Uh, Diet Coke, yes, of course. I I've never been a Pepsi guy ever. Um, though I did wear a shirt for a long time after they sponsored the Jacksons revival tour. Uh, but yeah, I'm more of a Diet Coke guy. What about when Britney was in the Pepsi advert? Were you stoked? No, I didn't. I don't really even. I to be honest, I really never picked up anything. You know that I've met her many times, right? Then I was in her movie. Yeah, I know all of those yeah. things. So were you stoked? Yeah, totally. And I honestly, I seen her vagina getting out of that car, or whatever. And I realize <laughs> it's red, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Just a red vagina, you know? Like it looks like it's been spray painted. Well, you're a Manchester United fan, so it's fine to be... Yeah, I like it. Yep, you're right. <laughs> fine. Uh, Mick Green says, who's your favorite British band? Uh, Frank Turner and the Whatevers. Okay. So the Sleeping Souls, I guess, right now? Right now, yeah. Yeah, so just what... I mean, to me, and, and I realize this gets old. I know you guys get sick of hearing this, but I think Frank Turner is the poet of this generation. And I think if it if that doesn't end up becoming a thing, at least I'll have that. Uh, but, man, his words mean a lot to me. And, uh, God damn, I love that fucking guy. In response to that, let me ask you about A. Yeah. The band A, because I saw you tour with them years, years ago now. Sure, yeah. Right, so... Yeah. They were one of your favorite. Yeah, love British A. Bands. Yeah, they're they're doing stuff now. They they have someone from McFly filling yeah. in with 
for them now. Yeah, because Dan is too because big now. Da- right? yeah, yeah, because Dan's the, like one of the most famous dudes in the UK. So yeah. So where did A fall on your British band scale? Uh, top five for sure. I mean, I like A. I think that album Monkey Kong is so goddamn fucking good, and I'll never forget. We were over there for the second time ever, and we went on tour with this band called Uncle Brian. And Uncle Brian let us like stay at their houses, and we went in their van, and you know we smuggled merch over. It was a full on road dog in it, and that A record, we would just play that over and over. That Monkey Kong record, where they, you know, that's got the. Uh, the Lake Tahoe. Yeah, oh. yeah. Won't do that. Na 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 Oh, so good. And you know, and um, Jason, the twin that sings, is such an insane producer, songwriter, or whatever. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, they're up there for sure. Yeah, if, you, if you're from the UK, he's done so much McFly stuff, busted stuff at the Blackout. He did pretty much everything the Blackout, um, and obviously they and no no more. But he, a was his passion project, and everything else he he made his money from being a worker. You know, he yeah. did yeah. every band. You know, yeah. I mean, dude, they uh, they were something special. You would have loved. I saw them. They toured recently with uh, Wheatus, and you you would have loved it because Jason bought from from an ex employee. Jason bought a Deliveroo uniform and bag, and came on stage and performed as if he was a Deliveroo deliverer person. Oh, every night. Yes, That's amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. So he he comes on stage. Like first song arrives on stage, he's got the big, the big bag on as if he's delivering like, you know, mm-hmm. twenty meals, and he's in the shiny coat, <laughs> the silver and green coat, the mm-hmm. hat, because and I heard him saying this. He he said to the guy like, "I I want to buy the bag," and the guy's like, "Do you want to buy everything?" <laughs> I'll give you everything. So he comes on in this, and it's nothing to do with their show. Nothing. It's nothing. That's a A song. Yeah, I got it. That's nothing. Nothing. To do with their show, but he just mm-hmm. does it because it's English and it's funny. He does this thing when he sings where he just, his arm goes back and forth the whole time. Oh, my God, dude. Like a pendulum. Oh, my God. that The Jason Perry dance, I tweeted him after I saw them... When you toured with them, so 2010, the Just Can't Get Rid of Us tour, you toured with them. Yeah. And they they have always been one of my favorite bands, and you guys kind of got them to get back together. We just... did, yeah. And I, I wasn't going to take the credit for that, but I appreciate that. Yes, I, that was a phone call and an email and a bunch of other stuff. And I was like, guys, would you not just fucking come and do this with us, please? Like, come on. So 2010. Yeah. So I was so, so excited for that tour, and then you announced that A were going to support, and that, like, the song Nothing was 100% the same era of when Girl All The Bad Guys Want was being played on Kerrang. It was absolutely the same, and I was so excited. And to see them, and Dan was on that tour, right? 
Dan was on that tour, yeah. yeah. So I think that's certainly one of, if not the last times he performed with them. No shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that dude, he does the rock show on BBC. and so Yeah, Radio 1. Yeah, he's... Big time. He's, he's UK big time, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I was I was so excited to see them perform because I mean nothing Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks is a great song. Oh my god, that's so good. And they just never they never had that chance. They never had that big time the way you the you the way you guys did with Girl All the Bad Guys One. Yeah, but I mean at the same time, what's funny about that kind of situation though is where you talk about how A um this guy is involved with the biggest bands in the UK and, and at one point like international fucking shit. I mean, he was writing Jonas Brothers songs and uh he uh uh that that Canadian band, the Moffats. Um, I don't think that's what they were called, but he was at, but then his own band was doing this this thing. It's like I think about with, you know, so many dudes who are, hey, here's my art, and here's where I go and fucking take over the world kind of thing. So maybe that was his shit. I mean, I don't know. I I, I felt like, nah, 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 should have been a fucking smash. That dance that he does, I did that at, I think it was a New Year's Eve party, and everyone made fun of me because we'd just seen them touring with you guys. Everyone made fun of me, and I thought it was hilarious. And I tweeted Jason, and I go like, "Oh yeah, I just did the, I did the air quotes Jason Perry, a New Year's Eve party, and everyone made fun of me because I look like a dickhead." And he just, were you super drunk? I was drunk when I did it, but he's sober when he does it. But I was doing the same dance, right? The the arm swinging, back and forth arm swinging dance that he does. Yeah, well, it's just the one arm. So it's just and everything. It's like he's bowling. Well, it depends if he's singing or not. Because if he if if it's not gonna sing right now, he does both arms. If he's oh, singing, okay. right, right. But but I go, yeah, I look like a dickhead. And he goes, oh, thanks for saying the way I dance is like a dickhead. And I'm like, no, well, I agree it? with him. Like, on that. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's like a you know, yeah, it's that's funny. Fucked up. No, but I'm saying I'm saying me doing it on my own. At a New Year's Eve party, I looked like a dickhead. He's on stage doing it, and he is the coolest motherfucker because his band, holy shit, yeah, they they hit the big time. Well, I have to do a interview about not your girlfriends in fifteen minutes, so let's do a couple of more. Okay, the- let's hit some small ones then. Uh, Wendy Victoria says hot dog or burger. Both. Both at the same time. Yeah, I, no, I I like to have a hot dog and a burger, and then I just don't do any side dishes. Amazing. Sean Ye Smith says, uh, "You said your family, or you do karate. What karate is it?" Uh, I do water karate, and uh, my family are all ninjas. Jason Cribb says, "What's your favorite UK venue you've ever played?" Uh. Manchester Apollo. And finally, Marco Molina says, what's up? Not much. So but you. That's the best. 
Thanks very much for listening to episode 10 of the BFS Fan Page Rampage. It's been a good time. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, I do. Jarrett and Kelly, if you guys haven't caught on yet, it's a fucking great record. We have a, an awesome new single, like a really touching single coming out very, very soon. So uh, Jarrett and Kelly album or whatever. Uh, I also want to plug myself, J-A-R-E-T-2113. I'm everywhere. Like, I just don't care. I want to plug my friend Daniel Cotton from Twitter. Oh, no, that's you. I'm sorry. That's your own thing to plug. Um, I think that's it. That's all I have to plug, I think. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter. I'm Daniel Cotton. Uh, the main thing is, please go like my new podcast. It's called A Hangover You Don't Deserve. And if you don't get the reference, then why are you even listening? Yeah. But that fucking theme song is dope, yo. Oh, my God. This, like, this fucking douchebag did this theme song. He was like, please, please put my theme song on your podcast. That did happen. No, please go listen. A Hangover You Don't Deserve podcast. And we talk about getting drunk. We talk about being hungover. We talk about any shit that we think mm-hmm. is funny. It's hilarious. And Jarrett sings the theme song. And it's fucking amazing. Go listen to it. Yep. Go do that. Thanks, guys. Take care. It's the beat.